Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to a Gunners Town podcast. Uh, with me this evening in alphabetical order, if I can remember my alphabet, it's Mike. How you doing, Mike? Yeah, I'm doing well. Today's a good day to be an Arsenal fan, right? It's, it's. I think we've we've had worse couple. Of, we've had a worse couple of days, haven't we? Do you know what I mean? We've had a worse couple of days. Uh, and uh, joining us from uh, from from down in South Africa is Paul. How you doing, Paul? I'm so good and just there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard not to be. I mean, yeah, we, we, every, I think everybody was praying that on the 1,414 uh, uh, minutes we was going to get the, the uh, Abangian confirmation yesterday. I think everybody believed Arteta when he said it would be a couple of days, and it was a couple of days. And they've come out today with the uh, an egg timer and a contract and a bit of paper. And it sent everybody nuts. I mean, I think at one point there was like 110,000 people watching it on Instagram. Uh, but like I say, I, w- I would have settled for a picture of a Banyan, a picture of Arteta, a picture of a contract on a pen, and a little paragraph saying, yeah, we signed for another three years, off you go, enjoy the rest of your day. But it, it's all a bit like stage managed and all that, that my yeah, life these days, Mike, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the TikTok, TikTok and Instagram are not, um, they're not engineered for you and me, Gav, I'm afraid. And that's, you know, that's the crowd that was watching, you know, like we would have been happy with a telegram. Stop, Obama, sign, stop, worrying, stop. I was actually offended, Gav, because my daughter, who's a little bit into Arsenal, found out before me. Because she's on Instagram, right? And I'm not on Instagram very often. She's a teenager, right? Yeah. Was so he um, was he broadcasting live on Instagram and chatting to Laka and all that thing? Is that what he was doing? Because yeah. I saw the the video feed of him in the stadium speaking to somebody and I couldn't see who he was speaking to. You know? Yeah, it was all an Instagram thing. And, of course, the teenagers are all about that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to profess to be a teenager, obviously, lads, but... Uh... One of one of my uh, my younger colleagues, uh, younger friends, sent me a link, and he he, he was chatting away, saying how you know nervous he was because how many people are watching, and then a few of the teammates he thanked them who were joining him and sending him messages on the live stream, and then he had a little chat with Ian Wright, and Ian Wright was just going mental, do you know what I mean? And that was really good to see, and then he had a little chat with uh, with Lacazette afterwards as well, my, uh, Paul's best friend. So it was. Uh, uh, yeah, no, sh- I gotta get the shirt. Yeah, kind of like. I don't know. Like I say, I'm. You know, I don't want to sound old and grumpy. I, you know, but like, give me a picture. Give me a, like, a, a, you know, a couple of paragraphs, and I, I'm, I'm happy. But like I say, at the end of the day, we're all obviously over the moon that he signed up, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a quick thing just before we move on from this whole signing, is that um. I have a feeling, you know, do you remember um, about a month ago, Obo passed, the, he, um, he just tweeted like a timer. And everybody was like, oh, what the hell does that mean? Is it going to run out of time? Is there time left or whatever? And I don't, I honestly don't, like they designed today's signing, they just had that table sitting there with a timer on it at first. And I think some smart guy at, at Arsenal Media was like, hey, we can rescue this thing. <laughs> you know, let's put the timer up there in the pen and all that stuff and tie it in as if it was planned like 30 days ago. But I don't think, I think Abba was saying like, listen, guys, get your shit together. Offer me a deal. Um, <laughs> I'm out of here. 
And I think that's at the time it was aimed at more, I don't know, because at that stage, his father and his brother were all, you remember there was there that talk about he needs to go to a bigger club. And so I think it was a rescue mission, this whole, um, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we just, I don't know, just my theory. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Mike. I mean, obviously, you're, you've yeah, you've you've got to be delighted like the rest of us. Uh, when it comes to him signing, uh, it's a signal of intent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Gav. I'd say it's actually a big sliding doors moment for the club because if he doesn't, then the current mood, which is about as high as it's been, I don't even know what the number is, boys. But it's fifteen years, maybe, maybe when Wenger was in his pomp um we you know we're, we're a, a club of fans that now believe that we can actually make progress and this whole forward thing that Wenger started and the club has continued is always forward and what have you now we can actually believe in this slogan rather than just being handed a slogan uh because you know if you're best player and captain and the guy quite honestly that right now we're relying on for goals leaves then all the momentum and mood uh, changes and then maybe the signings that are coming uh, soon don't happen. Um, so it's a huge, huge momentum shift. Um, and also, a thought that I just had when he was on, Gav, you were talking about how he was talking to Lacazette, and I saw that. And I did wonder him signing, does that can you know, does that leave Lacazette um, leaving the club inadvertently? Is his best friend because the club you know, assigned one of them and now can afford to let the other one leave because they need the money to raise um, to raise the funds for midfield. I, I wonder if Aubameyang's even aware of that himself, you know. Or, or here's the other the other piece of that before I move on, let Paul jump in. If Aubameyang stays and we're added Willian and now Pepe's on the bench, then you do wonder if the whole Aubameyang at centre-forward thing gets revisited so you can have Willian and Pepe and then you've got Saka and Martinelli. Um, so again, it leaves Lacazette out. So I'd love to know Paul's thought on that whole thing. Because I'm the Lacazette guy, right? Yeah, you are. Stuff. <laughs> Stuff. I, you know, um, this, the 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 linking the the earlier on this week we were linked with Odson Edward from from Celtic, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was like if that was true, and I you know I, I think the the manager of Celtic denied it, like he denied Guarantini. Um So we take that with a pinch of salt, but. If that is true, then I mean I can't see them signing something like Edward and keeping Lacazette. Um, I mean, then we've definitely got too many. Um, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one, Mike. I think there's a lot of movement has to happen. I think I think the movement that I'd rather see, you know, first is like the Kalasinach, um, Torreira, um, you know, the ones that are, you know, kind of close. Once those three are gone, I think we can maybe get a better idea of whether that raises enough money to get in. I'm hearing that we're going more for Awa instead of um, Partey. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard to tell. There's, it's kind of like a domino effect, right? Every transfer season, there's one piece that has to fall and then all the rest just all move, you know? And until yeah. that d deal is signed up, it just, everything's just toppling and you don't know which way it's going to go. So I think wait and I mean, see. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a sort of different way of looking at it. I mean, I think I'd set up by the fact that he started Lacazette for the first game of the season. Uh, I think he's still got it, got him well in mind. I think I'd set up likes the fact he, he he drops off deep. And if again, like I say, we'll, we we can talk for ages about the third goal 
uh, against Fulham at the weekend. I mean, Lacazette basically got hacked down on the halfway line. Now, William picked it up, smacked it across the rubber. By the time, by the time of Bang Yang's shot, if you look when the ball goes in the net, Lacazette is more or less on the six-yard box. Wow. So, I mean, he's got himself up and he, he's, he's sprinted half the length of the pitch in the time it took that pass to go across and him to cut across. So, I think Arteta was impressed <clears> with that. And I think Arteta, I think Arteta is actually pretty happy with the diversity and the lineup that we've got with the front three. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Martinelli uh, ain't going to be back probably this side of Christmas. Uh, but you've still got Saka, Pepe, Willian, Lacazette. Uh, and So, I mean, I, 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 yeah. think he, I think he's quite happy with that. I think that if there is going to be midfielders coming in, I think it's because midfielders going out. I think we might even see sort of like, you know, a, a three out two in or three out one in scenario. Uh, but so like leave first, which three do you think would leave first? What's that? Which three do you think would leave first? Oh, I think I think uh, Toro, uh Yeah, I mean Torres. I, I believe it's uh, uh, Torino. Yeah. Uh, when Doozy, they'll take offers on. Uh, obviously, Kalasnac, they'll take offers on. Uh, they have probably even taken off on of uh, El Nini. But, like I say, I, I do think there's going to be a couple out of there. And, of course, obviously, you've got Reese Nelson as well, uh, who I think might even benefit from a decent, decent loan deal. But he needs a good loan deal, Reese Nelson, this year. He don't need a, a shabby chuck in the second division of Germany or France kind of deal. He needs a, a top-flight deal. So Somebody's on loan. Does that free up space in the squad? So, for instance... That doesn't count against you, even though you've still got them, right? So if you've got just if you want a 27 player squad and you're only allowed whatever it is, 17 um, homegrown and then 10 foreign players, um, yeah. if you've got Reese Nelson on loan, does that free up one of your? No, I mean the, the, the way it stands at the moment is you can only have 17 overseas players uh, who you get out of the squad, and at the moment we've got 19, so we've got to either bring in a home. Obviously, going on the fact that the you know the Martinez is very very likely to go, if not gone by the time you listen to this, to Villa. Uh, he was a homegrown keeper, so we really need to get a homegrown keeper into replacing. But we've still got 19 overseas players, and we can only register 17. I mean, Mike, would it be beyond the realms of even fantasy? to say that we could actually start the season when we have to register the players uh, and not even register us all? Well, I think anything's possible. Uh, of course, it leans towards thinking that Ozil's going to uh, stick around because nobody can afford his wages, unfortunately. I do wonder if the club will get themselves in a position, Gav, that, the, uh, that they'll sell sufficient players, Socrates, Kolasinac... Uh, Torreira and so on, maybe maybe Bellerin or Lacazette or maybe even both, I don't know, to where they can afford to pay him off and then Ozil frees up that uh, a spot um, because I can't imagine that they're going to want a player around 
all season and have the media constantly asking that boring question. The same with Gwendouzi, honestly. I think they're going to want money for him, but if they can't get it, I think that you'll find they'll ship him out as well because they don't want... In what's a very positive environment now, I don't think they're going to want Gwendouzi and Ozil, who are going to be grumpy at, at best. I think they're not going to want him around. I don't know what Paul thinks. Well, I think, um, you know, the Gwendouzi thing is interesting because from somebody who was sent on holiday, those two people that you just mentioned sent basically on early holiday while we played the FA Cup final. Gwendouzi didn't even make a post on Twitter or Instagram or anything wishing anybody any luck. I think Ozil might have, you know, on the charity shield side of things or on the first game or whatever happened. I think Gwendouzi did say, Arsenal, good luck guys, team behind you. It's like, after he did the international break, it seems that there was some kind of shift in energy and him wanting to be back and, and fighting for his place. I don't know if that's talk. And then, you know, then people back that up with the fact that Arteta says, you know, history is history, bygones, bygones. If somebody changes the attitude and they're, they're, there's non-negotiables are all in place, then they're back on, on my team. So I don't know if that means that it's just... Yeah, but you couldn't say... Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. I mean sorry, sorry to cut in on you, Paul. I mean, Arteta said that. And then if you look at the bench versus Fulham, you could probably make a case for Ozil and Guendouzi to have been on that bench. So, I mean, that bench, you know, it, it had, I, think, I believe, out of the bench of six, four of them were, were youth players. So, I mean, if he'd had either of them to in mind, they would have been on the bench and they weren't. Yeah, but there's, there's no way that's going to happen, though, Gav, because I think that of all the things that are going right for Arsenal, I think the foundation of it all is accountability. You know, these players, I, I was talking to a Bournemouth fan earlier, a friend of mine, and he was complimenting Arsenal. He said, Arsenal looks serious. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, they all look like they care a whole lot more than I've ever seen Arsenal look like. And and that's like, the, that's what Arteta's put in place. He's, he's made them all accountable and because he wants them all to really care, really, really care about their work and what they're doing. So if he brings Ozil and Gwendouzi back when they haven't deserved it, then it's an Unai Emery uh, move, isn't it? With, Emery did that with Ozil and Ramsey, and I think he lost a lot of respect. So Arteta's just not going to do that. And I'm not saying I'm not going to rule out that either of those guys won't come back in because there's always a possibility, but they're going to have to really turn whatever it is that has gone wrong around and be 100% focused, 99, not good enough for this coach uh, because he's got other options. He's not in need of either of them. Things are going well. And so I, I don't see it, but yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Paul, can you, can you like I say, I mean, I can actually see a, a scenario at the moment where we get to the, uh, the transfer window closes and you have to register your squad. Uh, I can honestly, honestly see a situation where if we haven't got rid of Ozil uh, by time that deadline comes, I, as it stands at the moment, I don't think he's going to be registered. Uh, yeah, I think I, the spots are too precious, you know, um, and I, I can't see him taking up, a, you know, one of the, the few spots, if, if it's only 17 or 10 or whatever it is that you said we're allowed. Um, yeah, 17. You know, 17, right. So, I mean, with, with us looking at the kind of players that we're trying to bring in and the ones we're trying to ship out, it's going to be super tight because, let's face it, it's not a, it's not a buying market. I mean, we, we can't sell our players unless people want to buy them. And, um, you know, so 
I think it would be a wise choice, but I think it'd be a daring choice, and I think it'd be a pro progressive choice in in this day and age to kind of take back some of the power away from players. You know, um, you say, okay, take your salary, fine. You're not you're not playing. You're not you're not going to benefit from you know from the exposure and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, to do. I, I don't. I, you know, I, I'm I'm firmly of the belief that I I I'll be very very surprised if Ozil actually plays next season. It wouldn't surprise me at all that once his contract finishes with Arsenal, he just retires. It would not surprise me in the slightest. But, and like I say, we're, we're going in the situation now at the moment where if somebody would pay even a third of his wages, you know, we would we would get him on the private jet and we would do the medical and we would make sure he's had his contravirus C-19 yeah. test and we, we would get him out straight away. But like I say, I don't want to make this all about uh, all about that. Yeah. I mean, I'll go, I'll go to Mike for this one. Uh, again, on the positive with, with a Bangian signing, is that a message to top-class players, not only throughout Europe, throughout the world, look, we're on the right track now. He's he, signing, not just we've signed who I think is the best striker in Europe at the moment, but it's passing a message on to everyone, isn't it? That we, we, we're in business now. Yeah, it is, because apparently he had offers. He had offer from Inter Milan. He had an offer from Barcelona, apparently. And so these are two clubs who are in a better position or were last season in a better position in their leagues than Arsenal. So arguably they're bigger clubs right now than Arsenal. But... Again, there's something happening at Arsenal. There's something happening, and it's happening quickly. Uh, the trophies are the first evidence, but the fact that we heard today again that Arteta was the key piece in this one. He was key in William, and so um, this is huge, and it's a big statement, Gav, as you say, to any and all bigger players around Europe, including Party and Usem Awar, that if uh, you're interested in us, then... We're going places and there are players at this club who are elite um, that are staying and sticking around. It's a huge, huge uh, message for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, they're the sort of players... I mean, Paul, I mean, obviously, none of us three have, are anywhere near that talent. But you'd like to think that talent draws talent. And if you know Arsenal come in for you, and as Arteta says, when Arsenal knock, it's, it's a big fucking knock, right? Yeah. But then when you've got players like Willian and a Bangian, and you know they're going to be staying around for the next three years. So you know that's who you're going to be playing with. That's that's a big draw, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, knowing that you're playing in a team that has, like, um, you know, fantastic players in all of the positions, and, and all of those positions are starting to get filled up. You know, we're starting to, like, you know, have decent centre-back options. We've got a great keeper. We got rid of what I thought was a great keeper, but, you know, I'm sure Arteta knows best. I'm going to trust in that. And so we've got we got Bernd Leno, you know. If we the midfield, the, we've got one of the best attacks I think in in the world. You know, with with the people that you mentioned earlier lined up. So yeah, it's great for any player, whether you're young, looking at like you know being in in a squad with older players that are going to teach you stuff, or whether you want to go in there and you're young and you're going to compete for them. It's 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 good to know that you've you're training with that kind of talent. It's huge. Must be a huge draw. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 go on, mate. I was going to fire this over to you anyway, Mike. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's also, I mean, going on what, what Paul just said then, uh, you've got the players like Saka, Reese Nelson, Willock, uh, 
obviously, you know, coming through, obviously, you've got the Yankees like Jean Jules uh, and Brian, who have got a loan deal, etc. I mean, that's got to be good for the young players, knowing that they've got another two or three years, even though it might put Saka back a little bit. But he's got another couple of years to learn off this fellow, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it depends on his mentality and whether he sees it the way that he should do. As a, You'd hope he's mature enough and his agent is mature enough to see it that way. Uh, these guys are all going to get minutes because they have got minutes. They've been trusted earlier. I do think that um, we're going to see less of the youngsters this season than, than we did last season in total. For example, you know, Joe Willock having the most starts. Don't think that's going to happen, not even close. Um, but but there's a future for all of these guys if they're mature enough to, to believe in, in that. Uh, w- one more thing I was going to add to the last point as well real quick is if I was a player in Europe or, or in the world and I'm considering Arsenal and Arsenal considering me, I'm looking at what's happened uh, over the last, let's say, the last three months at Arsenal and I'm thinking, OK, this is a squad that everybody was calling average, mediocre, or even the worst squad in, you know, throw a, a number out there, 20 years and what have you. Um, so, um, you know, this coach can get a tune out of these guys and really move them forward. What can he do if, if we get, you know, if Arsenal get a, a bigger and better squad? If we're getting more, more class on it. Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, what, like I say, I mean, what impressed me most about the Fulham game uh was the fact that we actually played the same manner look we did in the cup final and the same manner that we did against uh, in the semi-final as well. So I think he's going to sort of play the same system no matter who we're playing. Now, Wenger, or Wenger, or however, how you want to pronounce him, uh, he was guilty of not changing his tactics at all. Do you think that people... I mean, firstly, I mean, none of us can actually understand what Arteta's doing. Let's be honest. We don't know how he's doing what he's doing when he's going from three at the back to two at the back to four at the back. And it's all happening within a couple of minutes play. But do you think, Paul, how long will it take for other managers to actually catch up with what Arteta's actually doing at the moment? Well, I made a joke on, on Twitter because um, there's some great um, tacticians, you know, on in the Arsenal Twitter sphere. And I mean, Mike's one of them. There's a kid on Gunnerstown, Rohan, who writes some amazing stuff. There's people like um, Lewis Ambrose. You know, there's guys that are analyzing games really shrewdly and, 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 and really like enlightening me as a kind of a dummy when it comes to tactics and formations and stuff. And, and I kind of said we should almost, we need to password our, protect our... Our tactical analysis because <laughs> for like any other team to go, oh, you know, they're right. This is how he's doing it. And so, you know, it's kind of like giving away the, the, the state secrets, as it were. And I joke about that, but it's, you know, there are some there are some people that have, have, have done some amazing analysis. I sometimes I wonder if it's I'm not sure which comes first, the chicken or the egg. So like I'm one of these people that thinks it's that that his coaching comes down to individuals up against the individual players who they're facing. And when other team switches, Arteta quickly calls them across and says that what we practiced or what we rehearsed is not what's happening. So we need you to do this. We need you to do that. And I think the overall shift, when you look at it, looks like it's like, oh, I'm a 5-2-3 now or a 3-2-5 or a 4-3-3. But I think it's kind of pretty much when I watch the games, it seems like it's pretty much down to the individuals reacting on on attack where they put the um, where they you know where we put the momentum and we're making the decisions then we follow a certain formation but when it comes to defense 
you know, there's a certain structure, but there's there seems to be an individualistic kind of approach where this is your guy and this is your channel and you do that. And if somebody else enters the channel, you got to, you know, communicate and do that. I'm not sure how much is chicken and how much is egg, whether the structure is first or whether it happens to look like that because of how he's instructed the players. You know? done it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, Mike, I mean, my, 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 my one over that over the years has always been that I've felt for the past, well, for the last God knows how many years of, of, of Vanguard, look, the players didn't actually have the smarts to do it themselves. And I'm going back to sort of interviews with with Vieira, uh, you know, 14, 15, 16, 18 years ago, where we said if, if 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 something wasn't working or needed changing on the pitch, they would the players would know and they would point at each other and have a quick chat together and, and sort of block block it up if it needed two of them, for example, doubling up on gigs, for example. Uh, then that then then that would happen. At the moment, we're blessed. I feel by the fact that there's not the, the noise in the stadium, so I can get his point across. Who do you think? I, I mean, Jacques getting the plaudits, uh, um, probably rightly so at the moment. But who else in the in the in the, the sort of the, in the squad at the moment is he, he, going to actually have that on the pitch? sort of smart about them to be able to change things in game when they can't necessarily hear Arteta? That is a brilliant question because there's going to be a crowd at some point. Um, I'd imagine that it'll still it'll still be Arteta when the crowd comes back because there's only going to be a small crowd and he's going to... They're not allowed to shout. So. Yeah, it, when, when we had a full crowd, he was still doing it. I think you said apart from Xhaka, I think Xhaka being the central... Um, player on the field, location-wise, I think it's still going to be him. Uh, anyway, um, depending on who we, who else we sign, um, of course, if David Luiz is out there, you're going to get a lot of leadership and coaching yeah, from, from him. Yeah. I think that's going to be the main one. Uh, Bellerin, uh, I think, with his seniority, but he's, of course, on one side of the field. I think it has to be the guys in central areas. So I think you're looking at Xhaka and, uh, and Luiz. Um, um, but... Uh, um, yeah, I think Mikel Arteta is going to uh, keep doing it and they're going to keep looking to his sideline help. And I think, God bless the fact that we don't have a crowd as much as that's uh, irritating to the many millions that would love to have a crowd. But it's really, really helping us. And I love your point there, Gav. I think that's of huge assistance right now to Arsenal Football Club because our coach is able to really help them in five different languages as well, I, I understand. Yeah, no, I, heard, I heard that. He was uh, somebody overheard him screaming in. X, you know, X amount of different languages, which is immense, really. Uh, I mean, Paul, like I say, I mean, I know I hop back to it, but I'm, you know, I'm a an, an unapologetic son of George Graham. And like I say, it was with George Graham, it was repetition, repetition, repetition. The repetition that I must have been doing in training to get them to switch formations. Uh, various stages of play he must be doing that right yeah yeah i think that there's a lot of i think there's a lot of um especially if you've seen any of the city documentaries or you know all the behind the scenes stuff even the liverpool thing is you know that these players have like classes you know what i mean where it's it's they go they're going over what they did in games formations and movements and stuff i mean there's a there's a strong 
kind of tactical element to to what managers impart to their players and stuff. So you know that there's got to be like a class where Arteta is explaining his vision or why, you know, when you cut in and when does this, when does Maitland-Niles become like a, you know, cut into the inside, when does he overlap, when is he dropping back into position, like, and explaining why those things are kind of happening, then probably doing exercises, you know, that kind of enforce that, you know, having the ball shoved out wide and having Maitland-Niles cut in and, you know, um, Tierney move forward and Shaka drop back. I mean, there's probably all of that kind kind of stuff just drilled. Mertesacker called them what auto, auto, automatons, automatons or something. You as a coach would probably know about that, Mike. Is like you've got to get to the point where yeah. you don't have to think. You don't have to think about it or be told to do it. It's just the minute you see that movement happening, you know that that's that's the dance step. Yeah, you know, uh, I think on top of Paul's point there, I think what will happen is even with that 20, 30 percent crowd, maybe this is. Arsenal season to really achieve something because Arteta can be heard uh, this season for the largest part of this season. And then you'd hope, just as Paul said, by the time that it's now integrated and it is automatic for the players, then he won't need to uh, to be on the sideline giving them the instruction. And, you know, we all know because we've all played the game, how much do you really hear the coach, want to hear the coach? I'm a coach. I learned to shut up many years ago because the kids just, uh, they can only absorb so much it becomes stressful for them. So I'm not saying that's a downside for Arteta because I know he's just helping and it's very helpful right now. But there'll come a point where hopefully the players won't need that and they can they can make decisions for themselves. Paul makes a great point. Yeah, no, like I say, I mean, I agree with you both there. It's, what, like I say, my only worry is under sort of many years of, the last years of Wenger was the fact that I didn't think that we had the players on the pitch who could actually sort of, turn the game and plan the game in their head. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, Gazzola was probably, you know, the only one who really had a complete tactical knowledge. Uh, but anyways, let's finish on a positive note. We've got the main man. He signed the thing, not the thing. He signed <laughs> the thing today. <laughs> We've got it for another three years. Uh we're hoping that, you know, like I say, this is a big, big signal of intent. Uh, I'm happy. The boys are happy. And, yeah, another Gunners Town podcast. Up the Arsenal. <laughs> Up the Arsenal. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah.